in a particular lifetime, we get an opportunity, I feel, in the next dimension to do some healing. And if we decide not to do it for whatever reason, um, we bring it back when we come back into the body. Okay, guys, welcome back to the Grand America Show. We're going to be talking to Renda Michaels about uh, cancer and healing from said cancer a little bit later. Uh, but first, as always, see Seti Graham. How's it going, buddy? <laughs> hey, pretty good. Yeah, I just got back, actually. I just got back right now from an event. Yes, it's the middle of the night in the igloo. Yeah. <laughs> Literally. Literally. Actually, there's a wedding bumping across the street. You want to go crash? No. The wedding crashing days are over. Yeah. So how was the UFO looking? Seeking? It was good, summoning, man. Summoning? First of conjuring. all. First of all, I met with a great group, little team of uh, a great people group? interested in CSETI, and we went through like a little how inter- many? introductory thing. In the end, I think it was 10 of us. 10? Yeah. So what percentage is that? Of what? Of a million. I don't know. What, what I think you that? can get more people out. I don't think 10's enough. I know. I was thinking that myself as well, but it's just one of those things. Like, who knows what kind of marketing was done. I don't, you don't want a big group, right? Like, it's really about a coherent, like, you're supposed to do, like, a real coherent group, right? So we did a little, um, little intro thing, and we talked about Dr. Stephen Greer and the protocols and So this is, good stuff. in effect, like a chapter of the... Kind of, yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so a great bunch of people, though, really. Okay. Like, I met this Who guy. This he, was like working with, uh, he was working with um, one of the astronauts, and he talked about how one of the astronauts, I can't remember his name now. Edgar Mitchell? No, it was a different one. Buzz Aldrin? No. Anyway, Neil Armstrong? No, stop naming astronauts. Anyways, he, uh, he was talking about how he said that... Uh, Humanity would have destroyed itself if it wasn't for ET intervention, nuclear-wise. So it's interesting. Nuclear? But, he, but this guy was talking about, he. they built, GE built crystals, like, from scratch in a lab, and they programmed them for the space, uh, the uh, space rockets and stuff like that, and the space stations. It's really interesting stuff. He programmed with them like a little silica, laser. Like sort of? Like, like molecular-aligned crystals. And he, this guy was programming with lasers. Fucking fascinating people I met. So, yeah, it was... I wonder uh, how much information he could fit in a little crystal. Lots. They'd said it, but I can't remember, like... So much for cubic millimeter? Yeah, I, I don't know. It was pretty, they had actually one, like one of those big crystals with a couple nodes a in the end. A bunch of terabytes. Well, yeah, like massive amounts. We should get one for the igloo. I wonder how much we could... I wonder if we could just... Start filling up the salt crystal. Had a little synchronicity there. I bought a you ro- did, I personally. Bought a, I bought a rose uh, quartz today for somebody. A, a circular sphere, rose quartz, and then when 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 Deborah, the leader of the CSETI team, brought out the a crystal, she brought out a rose quartz. Uh, so that was the second time today I handled a rose quartz sphere. I dub it not jingle worthy. I know, and not rateable. It was a pretty cool experience, though. So how was Deborah? Was she charismatic? Yeah, she was good. Yeah, yeah. yeah she was just in Edmonton and uh, Prince George two days ago. Had a couple sightings there. So we gathered up on Nose Hill Park in a circle, and we did our protocols and meditation, and 
Yeah, definitely saw some interesting stuff. That's the one that Buddy donated. What? I think we've had this conversation before. No, right? we haven't. What do you mean? I just Buddy, got by- Buddy donated No Soap Park, right? And the deal oh. was no one could ever build anything on it. Right. Yeah. So it's a perfect park if it's not so windy. It was really windy and cold up there, actually. So we only stayed for about an hour and a half. But we and saw some. Some people saw some uh, dedicated cult. Some interesting, you know, lights flying around the sky in weird, weird patterns. And I saw some. Uh, shut up! You're already laughing at me. No, seriously, I saw some what they call flash bulbs, like some like bright white flashes in the sky that weren't definitely not planes. Definitely. And there was two. Uh, there was some scene did you over have there, and then I anything? saw. Yeah, the night vision binoculars. And, you did. Well, no, I used you them. Fucking I used them. Ran off with them. <laughs> Listen to you. We could have had. I gave my card, my Grimerica card out to everybody we talked to on the podcast. <laughs> like that Grimerica guy <laughs> just ran off with the night vision goggles. They uh, just call you. <laughs> yeah. Oh, hello? <laughs> oh, you wanted these back? <laughs> so, yeah, it was, it was good. You... And I met somebody up there that has her own group. So, I'll probably do this again. Probably try and get some more. Uh, Maybe listeners involved if they want. What do you think a good set of night vision goggles? Oh, there are a few thousand. We looked at this before. It's like three or four thousand. But you can't get we them over at the this border. Before? Yeah, a long time ago. You can't no, get them over the border though. Before, yes, did we? we did. We could have got them through the portal. Was it back in the portal days? So they're illegal in Canada. Yeah. Well, you, you can't bring the ones from the states up across the border. They're considered military. Yeah. So anyways, um, I've been gifted with a great uh, couple weeks of events and meeting lots of really interesting people that you can chat with. So this group of people tonight, same thing. Like, 19,000. Well, that's probably really uh, expensive. They're, they're really, you can get them for three or 4,000, I'm sure. What about this one here is only 150 bucks. Night Owl. I don't know. Look at them all. 870. Look at those ones. It's like... Look in that movie. Remember the first ever like robot movie? What was it called? Short Circuit? <laughs> the little robot that cruised around town? You think it looks like that? Like that, the eyes. Yeah, yeah, true. That one's only a thousand. Yeah. Uh, 350. We'll get the Venom ones. And then if we, when we make enough uh, value back that we can get some night vision goggles, I'll go at sea setting with you. Okay, it's a deal. Please donate to the show so we can get Darren out doing C-SETI meditation protocols. Or maybe one of our military listeners could just... Just steal just one for grab us? Grab a set out of the box and <laughs> throw them in the mail. <laughs> P.O. Box 16033-815-17000. You got it memorized? Yeah, it's not hard. Oh, boy. So anyways, I've been gifted yeah, with... Like, you know, again, tonight, this group of people, like, great, great group of people, open-minded, uh, very intelligent, and you can talk to them about anything, and I feel like I've just been at all these events lately where I'm just meeting all these great people that you can just have really cool conversations with. There you go. Yeah, I feel very fortunate, buddy. I would guess at most um, UFO conjuring events that people are fairly open-minded. <laughs> it's just my gut. Uh, yeah, but other ones as well, like the sexuality workshops I was at and the, and the uh, Nassim Harriman and the Modern Knowledge event, same thing. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. I have we talked about that, that since? No, we, so we have to talk about that, too. That was crazy. We talk about all this fucking shit today. <laughs> well, let's get into my... 
Is it real or a dream? What does that even mean? I had my first lucid dream. Your first? Yeah. Really? The first I can really remember anyway. The first in recent history. Any trip reports first too? No, not yet. Not yet? Soon. So, so Maybe so, next weekend. So what, what made you become lucid in your dream? Well, we were at the Paradigm Symposium. Really? Yeah. So it was pretty, it wasn't a very good one. It was just like a dream we were in Minneapolis and it was at the same thing as last time. I think it was like me, you, and Red, and maybe Micah. Remind me to segue and, into the parent. The and we were like, after this. we were sitting around just kind of shooting the shit. And then I started thinking, I'm like, oh, cool. And I'm like, wait a second. I don't remember buying plane tickets for this shit. Like, how do we get here? And I started trying to think about how we even got to think of the flight. Like, what flight was I on even? Because once I figured out, I think as soon as I didn't remember buying tickets, I started thinking it was a dream. something was off. And then I was like trying to think of the flight there. Like, here, let me, I, let me try and think back to the flight here to see. Did you feel any fear that you had forgotten how you got there? Like, No, not, well, no. maybe if I did, I don't remember now. But I remember, like, thinking back to, like, wait a second, how the fuck did we even get to Minneapolis? I don't remember the flight. I don't remember buying tickets. Last I remember was looking at flights, and then I was like, I bet you I'm dreaming. Must be dreaming. And I woke up. And then you woke up. That's it for your lucid dream. You didn't yeah. try and control anything or... Yeah. Give RPJ a suplex or anything Once like I, that? Yeah, I kicked the shit out of Red. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was it. Well, well, that's uh, that's the start, buddy. That's the start. Now your dream sign is Paradigm. That's pretty bad. <laughs> <laughs> so whenever you're at Paradigm, you know you're dreaming. There you go. So speaking of Paradigm Symposium, we should probably segue into, uh, if you are thinking about going... You can call a number. I'll put it in the show notes. It's Scotty Roberts' number. Um, and get uh, You're 20... not going to say the number? Should I say the number? I would. I don't have it, Andy. I can get it. Uh, He's a pro, folks. 20% 20, 20 off um, tickets for a weekend pass, which is a pretty good deal. I think they're 280 and you get 25% off that. Um, it's really going to be a great show. I mean, um, it's going to be like three days of fascinating conversations and lectures from researchers and We've talked about it a lot on here, but you've got Randall Carlson and uh, Lon Milo Duquette and uh, Richard Dolan. There's a whole bunch. Nick Redfern will be there as always, and Micah Hanks and John Ward, Scotty Roberts, all these guys. Yeah, so you can call Scotty. 651. 615, bud. No, no. No, you got it wrong, man. I'm That's reading it. your fucking show notes from last no. week, so I hope I don't have it wrong. Really? You've got one six one five four six eight eight one one five. It's wrong. <laughs> He's a pro, folks. <laughs> it's six five one four six eight eight one one five. So I'll be sure to fix that in the show notes. Anyways, mention the Grimerica show, and uh, there's a bunch of other podcasters that are going as well. That was yeah. Nashville, so you've been sending, calling up some yeah. random person yeah. in Nashville. Shit, that's, that's well, hopefully Asking for tried paradigm tickets. <laughs> <laughs> we should call it right now. Yeah, we... <laughs> <laughs> if it wasn't one in the morning. Then. So, yeah. Anyways, you want me to give you a rundown of uh, Nassim, or do you want to hear some listener feedback and stuff? I want to hear... Uh-oh. 
I want a good skull from a synchronicity If Graham reads it out, then Darren might give it to me Hey, don't you please read it low, yeah, yeah Ow. All right, buddy, so hey, are you, did you just turn me down? I always turn you down. I turn you down progressively throughout the show. Thanks. So this is from, uh, I think this is from YouTube, isn't it? From Taryn Sage. Darren, is this the one you want me to read? Uh, the sure. YouTube one? I guess so, yeah. whatever. Yeah. Just make me read something. Okay. <clears throat> this is an interesting one, actually, because we have a rock and roll UFO dude coming on the show from Pyramids from Mars, actually, in a couple of weeks. He's a rock and, and roll that, UFO dude. And there's something else about rock and roll and UFOs. What was it? There's another thing, too. I don't know. Well, that's from the rock and roll, haunted rock and roll episodes. This is? Oh, yeah. okay. So here it is. So when you mentioned rock and roll. synchronicity over there. When you, when you mentioned rock and roll and UFOs, it reminded me of a rock UFO Roswell synchronicity experience my friend and I had in 2008. In July of 2008, we decided to spend two days in Roswell during the annual UFO festival, which we had never done before. About a week before that, I found myself surfing through YouTube music videos from the 80s. Lots of, I've done that before. Lots of bands and musicians I used to listen to but had forgotten about. One of them was Nina Hagen, a German punk rock singer. I checked out a few of her old songs, then stumbled across a video of her on the Mike Douglas show, or maybe it was Merv Griffin. Anyway, she started telling a story about her then-recent UFO sighting at a Los Angeles beach. I can't remember the details, but she told about a strange craft hovering above the beach and how spiritual the experience was for her. A week later, while my friend and I were loading luggage into his car to the trip to Roswell from Albuquerque, I told him about Nina Hagen's sighting. He was surprised to hear her name after so many years and told me that he used to have a crush on her. Later that evening, after enjoying a few UFO-related talks and watching a ridiculously short alien parade through the streets of Roswell, we went to see a heavy metal cover band from Phoenix called Element 115. Didn't I have that? Uh, isn't Element 115 plus one proton equal antimatter? In the periodic table? No, they wouldn't have that in the periodic table because it's it can covered up. It's covered up conspiracy. Oh, is it? Yeah. Anyways. But isn't there like 230-something things in the periodic table? Anyways, don't get distracted here. Um, it was too in a late. local soccer it's too field. Too late for that. <laughs> they, 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 were, they were actually pretty good with a virtual alien drummer projected on a screen that behind the band. I swear I'm not making that up. And a laser show. Partway through the show, I started noticing people near the stage waving little German flags. I'm German, born in Germany, raised in the U.S., so it caught my eye. As I mentioned it to my friend, thinking that there was probably a contingent of German tourists here for the festival... And a few songs later, the lead singer began speaking fluent German to the people in front, and I could hear that he was welcoming the Germans to Roswell. Then he spoke to everyone in English and told us that they had a special guest here all the way from Germany to sing a song with them. It was Nina Hagen. <laughs> I remember my friend and I looked at each other in disbelief, our mouths hanging open. I've had a lot of strange synchronicities and paranormal experiences in my life, but this was the first one I had while my friend was with me. He looked at me as if I were an alien being. The whole experience was so surreal, especially with the laser lights flashing over our heads. Later, I looked through the festival schedule we had with us, thinking that maybe I had subconsciously registered Nina Hagen's name somehow before the trip. But it seemed 
but it seemed that her appearance was an unscheduled fluke. We had no idea why she was there because she only sang one song and wasn't scheduled for anything else. It was so surreal that I thought maybe I had dreamt the whole thing. So before I wrote this, I did a Google search for Element 115. That's exactly what Darren just did. Nina Hagen. And sure enough, the event was captured in photos on the band's website. Sorry, this was so long. Anyways, thanks for your synchronicity. I like it. Do you ever listen to Nina Hagen? No, I don't know who that is. Hmm. Should I? Uh, yeah, no, you're too young. Oh, I'm too young. Yeah. Uh, six and a half. So. <laughs> funny. You know what? I think that honestly, she's probably connected to like how we're all connected. Like Nassim Harriman was talking about, and she's picking up that Nina Hagen stuff. Who is? Or this guy, whoever this synchronicity was from. It. <laughs> So I got, I got another, some feedback from, uh, oh, this is another rock guy. So here, this is what it was right here. This is from James Nation. Have you, have you, uh, did you get this email? Oh, the local guy. Yeah, so, I hey did. guys, local Calgary boy here. Just thought I'd give you guys a quick shout and say thanks for putting up a wicked awesome podcast. I've already burned through the whole catalog a few times and obviously the mushroom episode was one of my faves. I like the value for value model and if I can offer any way, just let me know. I'm an IT guy, dude named Ben by trade and have experience in any type of web or computer shit you would need a hand with. I also play in a fairly popular rock band here in town and have tons of gear. I remember an episode where you guys had some bad cables. If you ever need mics or cables or studio shit, mixing sound clips, whatever, I'd be happy to help out if I can. I can also get you guys a discount on new gear. So thanks. That's awesome. Anyway, great job, boys. Let me know if you ever need a hand. Grimerica rocks. I think I'll buy a t-shirt and wear it at my next show at Morgan's. Good Cheers, luck. Find one. A t-shirt? Yeah. Well, I'm I'm just about to order some, but Are you? they're kind of more expensive than I planned. But I, what I just, are we looking at? Uh, 17 bucks a pop kind of thing. What? Yeah. Ouch. Yeah. U.S. Whoa. <laughs> That's like 60 bucks. So, anyway, I don't know. Anyways, I'm, I'm going to get him, I'm going to get him, a, obviously, a shirt so he can wear it, and I'll go check out his band. So lots of, yeah, I used to yeah. go to Morgan's all the time. Yeah, somebody else came out from Winnipeg, a listener of ours. Like, was it Matt? Maybe it was Matt Sleestack. Was it Sleestack? I don't know. He was in a band? Take back the farm? No, he came out too, but this other guy was playing in a band. Uh, oh. at the, it might have even been at Morgan's. Or no, at another place, I think. Jameson's maybe, or somewhere close. Anyways. Yeah, I'd go to Morgan's again, check out a show. Yeah, let's do that. Hmm. Absolutely. Some good local advertising too. Yeah. It's funny. We get a lot of, it seems like podcasts are an artist thing. We get a lot of, like, there's a lot of musical totally. listeners and yeah. people who are artists and yeah. all that fun stuff. Yeah. So thanks for listening, guys. Uh, might as well jump into value for value off of mm. that. Yeah, um, sure. You know, he should pop by the studio and just see if we've even got all this gear hooked up properly. Because <laughs> neither of us really know what the fuck we're doing. Yeah, you, you, you did a pretty uh, good job. I think it's okay, yeah. yeah. I, would, I wouldn't mind a, a, a professional opinion. But yeah. Someday. So the value for value mind model is... if we can is, get the podfather here, that'd be... Yeah, well, he hopefully that'll be A rundown case. on the fucking thing would be good. But yeah, value for value. Um, that is our model that helps us stay... 
ad sponsor affiliate and bullshit free. You guys don't have to listen to us spout about fucking Squarespace or anything else. Oh, should I not have said that? Yeah, you just don't even bother saying okay. that. Sorry. Well, now maybe they'll send us a check. So anyway, <laughs> so if you experience value and you feel like you've got value from the show, which we put a lot of effort in, obviously, and we have a lot of bills to pay and uh, debt incurred. Um, if you know, you can send value our way and that can be a number of different ways like cash, cash of course helps, but there's also, you know, artwork and yeah, we got people who do our episodes and yeah, people do and blogging, blogging's big, helping create contact or content. Um, we got people doing episode art for us. Napoleon does all our episode art, which is awesome. We got Justin doing our newsletter and, uh, even if you just got a tip or something else that might help, uh, help out any of those departments or anything on the show or, you know, if something Graham's doing wrong that we can fuck Graham. with some of them. Graham. <laughs> Grammatical errors. Speaking of uh, bloggers, we've got Matt in, the, Matt in the hat who just, who just gave us a slew of blogs and it's really good stuff, man. He, he gave us a trip report and some new theories on RH negative blood type and then a couple, uh, couple versions of waking up episode one and two and, uh, that's pretty cool. There you have it. Oh, and we booked, we booked, uh, oh, so check out grammarica.ca slash support. Right. To check out how you can help how out there. support, yeah. Uh, and of course, if you can't afford it, um, if you can't afford a couple bucks a month, then there's always telling friends. Yeah, tell yeah, exactly. the show. Yeah, reviewing the show and telling friends are the next two that help out. And yeah. then you can always leave voicemails and send emails and send your trip reports and your lucid dreams and we UFO experiences, make... spiritual awakenings, like all that kind of stuff. I we like to involve the listeners. So you can send it to Graham at Grahamerica.com, G R A H A M at Grahamerica.com. Yeah, we should actually make uh September tell a friend about the show month. Again, yeah, every yeah, month. It's it's been a, so yeah. Well, it's been a while since we've officially done it. So let's try and uh Let's try and double it up in September and see if all of you can get uh, one, two, three, three fucking people. Yeah. That's your mission for it's September. Kind of, that's kind of really our only marketing, people. right? Is yeah, just like Twitter and like yeah. YouTube and yeah. putting yeah. it out there. If for none people. of your friends are into it, maybe you can, you know, go on Reddit, go on Facebook, go on Twitter, wherever the fuck you're at and uh, spread the gospel. And uh, because that's the only way other people are going to find out. Yeah. I think that about wraps up that segment. Oh, we did want to mention we are uh, in the process of looking at plane tickets. Oh, yeah, right. For Paradigm Symposium. So if any of you motherfuckers out there are like... Uh, Have too many miles or whatever? Uh, is that what you're saying? Oh, I hadn't even thought about air miles. I don't think air miles are donatable. No, probably not. I was thinking, or if we have any listeners in the airline industry that might get discounts or buddy passes or something. Oh, that type of thing, yeah. Hmm. That would be from uh, Calgary to Minneapolis on Wednesday, the With ideally, 31st of it. Yeah. It? Either that or first thing in the morning on the 1st. September 31st. And then, no, we There's want to try to be there Wednesday September night. 31st doesn't exist. September 30th. It'd be nice to actually leave Wednesday, stay the night in Denver. Wednesday? No, no. And then off to Minneapolis <laughs> in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> Or even just give a four-hour layover. <laughs> That's enough time. That's all oh, I need. Uh, to get arrested? Why would I get arrested? Trying to get back to the airport. 
No, I'll just fucking eat a chocolate bar in the fucking security line. Uh, anyways. Yeah, that would be, and then come back Sunday night, right? Yeah. If we can find a flight Sunday night, it might end up being Monday morning. It might be cheaper to just stay the night and come back Monday morning. But we'll see what happens. Anyway, other than that, what else you got? Anything I got, else? Well, Run yeah, I have, a, I have kind of a paranormal report for the show. This is from one of our listeners, uh, Mesocosm. Scott is his name, but his YouTube channel is Mesocosm. I should probably link to that. Do you want me to read this then? You want to sure. have any jingles to set it up or no? How about this jingle? Down and gray. Going deep. No, so what a, you want me to switch it up then? Or? It's a profound <laughs> UFO quote of a week. What's the point? All right, okay, I got it here. It's a profound UFO quote of a week. Former Russian president and current PM Dmitry Medvedev was recently asked on camera if aliens visited Earth. Medvedev surprised everyone when he said this. I'll tell you for the last time, along with the nuclear briefcase and the launch codes, the president receives a special top secret folder. This folder contains information about aliens who visit our planet. The reports are provided by the special secret service that handles the control of aliens in our country. After the presidential term, the folder and the nuclear suitcase are transferred to the new president. You can receive more detailed information on this topic by watching the documentary called Men in Black. As always, you've done this one before. You decide. No, I haven't. Yeah. No, 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 no. It's similar. Similar. No. No, it's similar. Not the same. Medvedev refers to a Russian documentary about aliens, not the Hollywood comedy. I am getting a bit of deja vu. Yeah, me too. No, I don't think I did that one. Pretty sure you did. Only one way to settle this. <laughs> what else you got? Well, I got what I was getting into before you fucking rudely interrupted me. It's Mesocosm's YouTube channel. Uh, I would go so far as say rudely. All I did is play a song. Okay, dear, dear Darren and Graham. Actually, Graham and Darren. He knows what order things happen in around here. What'd he say? Dear Graham and Darren. So when I was 21 years old, I had my first conscious OBE. I haven't had many. I do entertain the speculation that this is just a trick of the mind or a collective archetype or something else entirely. But when I fully consider all of the arguments, I'm still left with this primary experience. Sleep paralysis is when your body is still asleep and you can't wake up. I've had it periodically trying to wake my body up, usually tossing my head back and forth. It usually happens when sleeping in odd places or times, like outside or during the day, or when sick, under stress, etc. Paral- <laughs> Paralysis isn't fun. There's some kind of uncomfortable vibration in your head, like ringing after an explosion. I came across some fiction which talked about astral projection. I thought to myself, I must remember to try it the next time I have sleep paralysis. So one day, I remember, one day I did remember, and when I floated upwards out of my body in a smooth hydraulic motion, I was unprepared for the reality of it. 
I moved up and out like gliding through the ether. It was slow and measured. Clear thinking wasn't accessible, but I still felt my core identity. I tried, tried to see the, uh, see the room, but it was a different room. I had the power to go further on, but I returned. A couple seconds was enough. So back to my body, awake and scared. My paradigm was definitely not prepared for this. If I could have dismissed it as a dream, I would have. The soul, reincarnation, judgment, ghosts, it was too much and I wasn't ready. It took me weeks to settle down and every time I tried to talk about it, I fell into a panic attack. The conclusion that finally satisfied me and changed my paradigm was that there is a fact... There is, in fact, such a thing as spiritual development, and I was not ready to experiment with this. This was 20 years ago, and I've stopped having sleep paralysis for a long time now, but the following trip report is related. I've only shared this with one friend about three years ago, and he did not take it seriously. And, well, I don't blame him since many people would attribute this to the mushrooms and imagination. I, however, do not. This is about four years ago. My trip plan was to use meditation and a psychedelic to fully accept my own death. Accepting death, hopefully without dying. But indeed, I was prepared to walk right to the edge. So what I did is imagine and reflect on, if I die this very night, my body would be found with all my stuff and loose ends and the whole mess of living would be transparent for the whole world to see. I accepted that nothing about me or my history would be hidden. The me this mental state effectively exposed all the guilt, shame, and worry about what other people think. It was the surrender to the facts as they really are, including that people will think whatever they will think. It was not long into the meditation process that unexpectedly I began rising out of my body. A warm light welcomed and pulled me. It was convincing enough that I decided... I should resist, or I may in fact die. I kept floating up and away, and I'm reminded now of the film Waking Life, where this, this happens to a character in the film. It had gone so far that it required a serious effort to stay in my body. I had to reclaim my desire and conviction to live. I couldn't trust myself to sleep. I went jogging and did push-ups and tried focusing on living again. I don't know, I don't claim to know, what would have happened if I went all the way, but it was real enough. Despite being up all night, I went to, to work in a nervous state. I didn't have to work, but I wanted to get my routines back in place and for things to settle down inside me, because for about 48 hours, I remained highly nervous that I could have left my body at any moment. Since then, and to this day, I believe that should I need to, I might be able to recreate this experience even without the psychedelic. I won't really know for sure until I go through with it, of course, but it is comforting in a strange way to know that should there ever be an intolerable, intolerable, bleh, intolerable situation or maybe even an opportunity that, could, that I could have a painless death that I can put into the process by free will choice. Love the podcast and really appreciate the unpretentious, un, unpretentious. <laughs> discussion. Kind regards. Crazy, eh? That is fucking crazy. All right, I want to hear. Would about you? Would you do that? What? Psychedelic death? Yeah. Like, would you try and kill myself with psychedelics? No, not kill yourself. Just fully accept your death and like go to the brink and back, or is that a little too deep for you? Um. Uh, well, 
I've done it before. <laughs> That's true. Right? <laughs> Not intentionally, but for about six hours, you thought you were going to die. Yeah. yeah, you got to sum that up one day. I, I wish we were recording that. And I think out of all the digital recording, I don't think we recorded that story that, no, that night. It's elusive. That night in the igloo. But you had everybody fucking entranced, though. That's for sure. They were just uh, like, holy fuck. <laughs> oh, that's one for the book. That's so, book yeah. Told today. I got, so I, I should give you a little rundown on our, um, that uh, stuff I went to, right? Nassim Harriman? Yeah. And friends. Jim yeah. Mars? No. No, no Marty Leeds. Marty Leeds. Marty Leeds. And he talked about, uh, well, we've, you know, <clears throat> He talked about reaching uh, reaching the conclusion that there is God or a higher power after his analysis into the, the gematria of the English language, basically decipher, using a mathematical cipher in the language and, uh, you know, and also caught into like numerology and hermetic masonry and it's pretty crazy stuff. Very good speaker. Very fascinating. And then Patty Greer came on talking about crop circles and we've had her on the show before. She had some oh, did you new meet information. Her? There's a new new balls of light creating crop circle video, and yeah, I met her. I bought you, I bought you a movie to watch. Orbs of light, orbs and light beings making crop circles. Yeah, it's pretty good. You've seen it already. They communicated with each other before they make it. Mm. Two balls of light through a, It's actually shown on the video. So it's hippies with glow sticks. So yeah, I think uh, there's enough information out there to. Uh... <laughs> no, I'm serious. <laughs> It's not I'll all watch man-made. your video. It's not all man-made. Okay. It's all man-made. And then they actually Skyped with um, Michael Sarian. That was pretty interesting. He's He's been, uh, I think it was uh, Greg Carlwood told me we should have him on as well. So then to Nassim Harriman, who's just doing all kinds of really crazy stuff. He's got his, um, what's that, uh, what's his little organization there? Resonance. Resonance. I'll, I'll link to it in the show notes, but he's got crazy shit going on, like some free energy stuff and he's working on all kinds of stuff. But the main thing, his presentation was the connected universe, right? Really showing how we are really technically all together, all connected. He's talking about like the van, the vacuum density of a proton is the mass of the universe, like stuff, stuff like that. Um, you know what? I might've been fucking talking to someone on Facebook a long time ago, about booking him. Yeah, we tried. We've we've been trying. He's really hard to get a hold of. I've emailed him a number of times, but he's talking about the flower of life correlation being tiled from Planck mass of a proton. Like he's been actually measuring, you know, doing this quantum physics measurements and he's just, you know, he was a really good speaker. He was very he was very funny as well. Um and he has the measurements and the and the actual science behind a lot of this stuff. Like he's the one you know, out of all the stuff we talk about there and all the, you know, there's some of it's kind of fluffy and some of it's kind of, you know, scientific, but this is like, to me, the closest thing as far as like, you know, proving scientifically that we're all connected, you know, with, so with quantum physics and all that. Right. Yeah. 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 Like really, really, really deep, heavy stuff. Like you should see my show notes here or my notes or, you know. Plank temperature and <laughs> the holographic principle t- tiling square plank and all kinds of stuff, but you know it's it's not just like he's not just spouting off words, right? There's measurements behind it all, and 
And and it goes back to the same stuff. Like there's earlier civilizations and so much of the stuff that we talked about, right? He talked about the, how science split from religion in the past and how, you know, spirituality will obviously become physics eventually as, as we become smarter and be able to measure it more. There you have it. Yeah. Well, we should keep emailing them. Yeah. Mm. Keep emailing them. That's all I can say. We did book Rick Simpson. Ah, oh, that's great. So eh? that'll be a fun one. Yeah. yeah. And the secret recipe. Yeah. Well, do you want to mention what Rick Simpson is for the people that don't know? Phoenix Tears or whatever? Yeah, he's a, he's tears a, no, Phoenix Tears. He's the guy who makes the cancer cure and oil. Cancer cure and oil? Yeah. Oil? Oil. I'm an old man. <laughs> oh, good? Yeah, that reminds that me of those, car, those cartoons. Uh, oil, oil. There's oil in them dar hills. There's oil in them dar hills, buddy. Is that like... Uh, Looney Tunes? Yeah, in? yeah. Yosemite Sam. Yeah, Yosemite Sam, yeah. No, was it Yosemite Sam? I think it was, yeah. Or was it like a, an offshoot of him? Some of them, he's an oil billionaire. Some of them, he's just a crazy hunter. No. Maybe it's Elmer Fudd that's a hunter. I can't Yeah, remember. Elmer Fudd's a hunter. Anyways. So, yeah, it was good stuff. Lots of interesting people there. Yeah. People keep telling us to get that NASA guy on again, too. We should get Justin. You should phone him up again. Yeah. Just the big toe. Yeah, because the, the emails weren't going, weren't through, going yeah, through. I mean, so. I think one finally got through, but I haven't heard back. So we'll just get Justin to call and book him. If people want to do that, too, that helps us, because it's, it's challenging keeping up with the schedule and trying to book people. Yeah, maybe don't start picking dates for us, but you can definitely do all the legwork. <laughs> Yeah. Send it to Graham for finalization. Oh, yeah. Thanks, buddy. Hey, that's what you get for having a name that rhymes with spam. Well, no, it doesn't rhyme with spam. It's just the way you pronounce it. Oh, with spam, Darren just wouldn't have the same ring to it. So that's about it, eh? What happened? Yeah, nice, eh? Screensaver. Is that about it? Yep. Nothing else? Why are you shaking your legs so much? Are you horny? I'm tired. Not horny. That's what my dog does. <laughs> anyway. Uh, so yeah, enjoy the chat with Brenda, Michaels. Yeah. It was a good one? Yeah, really, it was quite emotional, actually. My girlfriend had a good cry listening to it. It was pretty heavy. Yeah. All about the love. I bring you love. Um, we don't know who's next because we don't have any more fucking <laughs> interviews recorded. So I That's can't. Okay. I can't one. remember the last time we've been in this. Well, we got one coming up though on Tuesday. Yeah. So as long as nothing goes wrong there, we will have an episode next week. Actually, if we don't, we'll just blab. No, we'll have some other. We got lots of people we can have on. At the last minute. Perfect. Now we'll save the day. Yeah. All right, guys. Enjoy the chat with Brenda, and uh, we'll pick you up in the outro.
Okay, guys, in Grimerica tonight, we're going to be talking um, healing. Go back to our healing um, with Brenda Michaels. But first, uh, how's it going, buddy? Hey, I'm doing well. Are you? Yeah, I'm excited to get back into the healing topic. I know. Yeah, you know. <laughs> yeah, thanks, uh, Brenda, for being patient here. We had to reschedule, I think, once at least. But I'm sure she's used to it because, as she was just telling us, she's been doing this for 14 years. She's hosted her own show called Conscious Talk Radio. And she sent us this book here, too. It's called The Gift of Cancer. And it's a miraculous journey to healing. And she's also part of this intentional shift. We'll get her to talk about that. It's a website with a couple, I guess, a couple friends slash colleagues of hers, probably helping helping people uh, through heart-based uh, healing and stuff like that. So uh, we'll get you to tell us more about that. I won't ramble on, on by myself here. Brenda, welcome to the show. Well, thank you, Graham. It's a pleasure to be here. Yeah, we love talking about well i love i don't know about darren so much but i love talking about healing and stuff we went through a phase where we had you know some shamanic type shows and some energy healing and that type of thing and it's good to be back yeah. good to be back here and of course there's lots to talk about with you so what's going on with uh, the intentional shift these days is that uh is that and conscious talk radio linked together well it's not necessarily linked together. Conscious Talk Radio was created by myself and my husband Rob 14 years ago, Mm -hmm. really as a give back, um, both being cancer survivors, both healing through natural means and spiritual and emotional healing. We wanted to share what we learned with with our audience and bring bring in a lot of authors and experts in in the fields of spirituality and healing and alternative health. When I wrote my book, and it took me about 12 years to really write the book, and it really wasn't uh, available and possible until I met with Marsha Mercant, who is my co-author. She is really the one that helped me to finally find my voice and get it on, on paper and available to be published, and I owe her a great deal for that. And with her and another lady named Marla Williams that I met, who is on a, a deeply spiritual path and is a life coach, and uh, and Rob and I do a lot of coaching as well. Uh, Marla and Marcia and I formed Intentional Shift. The website is intentionalshift.com, and what we do, we write weekly blogs, but we help people, um, anyone who is in need of healing, whether it's healing from a disease or whether it's healing from a divorce, or whether you lost all your money, or regardless of what it is, we help you shift from the state of feeling victimized to a state of where you are uh, feeling empowered. You can glean the lessons and gifts from what you're going through, and you can move through whatever it is with much more ease and grace. Mm. What are a couple of the main things that that overlap with, with all the people that you talk to? Like, is there a couple key points that most people have to work on? Oh, definitely. You know, I think we all have to work on uh, very similar issues like fear uh, is a big one. Uh, most people live their lives in a lot of fear and low-level anxiety, even though they're not aware of it. Mm-hmm. Busyness is another thing that we tackle. You know, what are we distracting ourselves from in our lives through all the busyness that we do. 
uh, you know, we tackle judgment and self-punishment and self-sabotage. We talk about all of those issues because we all entertain all those issues. We all form patterns and habits around all of those issues. And once we're in those uh, patterns, they're very hard to get out of. Most of it's run by unconscious beliefs that we have very deep-seated beliefs. There are tribal beliefs, cultural beliefs, individual beliefs that we carry forward in our lives. And oftentimes, we're making our decisions and running our lives off of those beliefs, and we're not even aware of it. So we do a lot of exploring around beliefs as well. Hmm. I love how you mentioned busyness. I've I've uh, brought this up with people a couple times where, you know how you just bump into somebody that you haven't seen in a while, or or you're, you, you see somebody on the street and you ask how how you're doing, and busy has become like an, a how am I? It's like an adjective on how I'm doing. People say, oh, I'm, I'm busy. Like that's supposed to be good. Oh, I'm good. I'm busy. It's like, it's become this whole cultural thing that it's a positive answer to, you know, how you are or what you're doing. And I even, even though I notice it and I, I try not to do it, I still even find myself doing that. Like I'll say to somebody, yeah, yeah, I'm busy now, but now it's become like a negative thing. Like I'm too busy. Like, Isn't it like keeping busy? Kind of keep it now. You got to keep busy to some extent. I don't. That's I don't the know. thing. Like when you retire, if you don't have some hobbies and shit lined up, you're done. <laughs> what do you think of that, Brenda? Uh oh. Uh oh. Looks like we might have lost Brenda, and I'm in charge of Skype here. What's going you on? You hung up? No, she's still. Uh... She's still there. Did I hit a mute button or something? I don't know what you've done. Is it this thing? No, because then we can't hear ourselves either. Yeah, anyways, we can't hear you right now, Brenda. Can the chat room hear us? The chat room can hear us. Yes, the chat room can hear us. Thank you, chat room. I didn't ask him. I can just see the audio meter. <laughs> Uh, try to just call her back. Uh, I guess so. Wow. Can you still hear us, chat room? I wonder if she muted something. Oh, there it goes. Did it drop itself? Yeah. That's a connection problem. You or her? Must not be you because we're on the same network. And the chat room can hear us, but not Brenda. The whole time? Uh, no, just now. I'm Hello? <laughs> can you hear me now? We can, yeah. Loud and clear. Wow. I was listening to everything that was being said, and I was saying my piece, and you were saying we can't hear her. And yet I was yelling in the phone, I'm here, I'm here. That was weird. Yeah, that was really weird. I, it, everything was still connected, and yeah, you just uh, you were gone. So I totally. guess so. I don't have to repeat my little ramble about busyness there. Uh, no, you don't. And what I was saying in response to your partner there was that I disagree with what he said about we have to stay busy to some degree. And the reason I disagree with that is because if we don't make space in our life for quiet, solitude, and stillness, we'll never hear that inner voice that we're all connected to, but we are so busy 
facing outward and doing everything outwardly instead of inwardly. And that is our guidance. That is our compass, that inner compass. That's what guided me through my healing with the cancer. I would have never heard that voice had I not stopped, just stopped everything Mm -hmm. and just got very still and very quiet and spent time alone being quiet. Yeah, Yeah, I think, but not all day, right? Or like, of course not. Yeah, see, that's what I mean. Like, you can't just do that. You can't just like retire and sit on the couch all day. Well, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about, (laughs) you know, it's interesting how we think that if we're not busy and we're not productive, there's something wrong with us. And there's nothing wrong with doing nothing, not for days and weeks. Doing nothing once in a while, but just maybe sitting out in nature under a tree, maybe taking a walk on the beach without a cell phone, just noticing, just being present to what is. That is who we really are on the inside. We need to nurture that part of us and then balance it with the outside of us, with our outside activities. The trouble is we are not in balance. We are totally out of balance and we're suffering physically, emotionally, and spiritually as a result. And we've become a very destructive society as a result. We're separated from the heart, living in nothing but the head, thinking, thinking, thinking all the time and busy, 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 doing, doing, doing without being connected. And that's really such an important part of healing. Yeah. Yeah. I could see that. What do you think it's getting worse or better right now? Like, do you think that we've, we've passed the peak of, uh, of most people just doing what you said, like sticking around in your head and being busy and, or is there, or is the intentional shift actually already happening? I think there's a, a real groundswell that is not, uh, does not get talked about. It is certainly not brought forward in mainstream media. There are millions of people waking up. We get books every day of people that are doing this work, and they're sitting in, in healing circles, and they're being affected and affecting everyone that they touch. And so there's definitely a groundswell. It's... Um, I think in in comparison to the billions of people on the planet, it's very, very small still, but it is growing steadily. Mm. And I, I believe as we see things around us fall apart, as we see our climate change in the ways that it is changing and we're starting to have droughts and water problems and fiercer storms and there's much more of those calamities coming down and many more structures that are not working the way they used to and they're beginning to shift and change and have to fall down a lot of them to rebuild you're going to see more and more people finally saying wait a minute something is out of balance here in our lives. We're completely out of balance. And in order to heal ourselves and the planet, we have to stop and re reconsider where we're going, what we're doing, why we're doing what we're doing, how we're doing what, we, what we're doing, and what is really sacred in our lives. Is making money sacred work? It can be, but not the way we're doing it today. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So would you say that technology has, has helped the shift happen or is it becoming a hindrance? 
Uh, I think technology is great. You know, it isn't the the things that we create that are, you know, driving this. It's us. You know, it's like people say, you know, this this gun shot someone. This gun killed someone. The gun didn't kill someone. The gun was the instrument used, but it was the person that pulled the trigger. You know, it isn't, it isn't a car crash. It isn't a car that crashes. The car crashes, and it is the instrument that crashes, but it's the person that is running the instrument. So we, we're at the core of all of it. That's why our consciousness what consciousness we take to our daily lives and to the planet and to the community as a whole and to our global community as a whole is so very, very important. Yeah, I agree. And the technology has really helped us get to, you know, talk about these things in, in the open and without, uh, without having to worry about advertisements or mainstream you know, influence or whatever, we can just get it out there to whoever wants to listen. So nowadays you can learn about whatever you want, really, which is, which is great. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I really think that this shift is really, if you boil it down, it's really the shift from head thinking into heart thinking. In, in, in other words, we're centered more in our hearts. We are more compassionate. We're more caring. We're more loving, we're more joy-filled, we're more peaceful when we center ourselves in the heart. And when we're centered in the heart, and even scientists have proven it now, that there are more neurons on the back of the heart than there are in the brain. There is true wisdom in the heart, and we have to, if we want to survive, I think, as a species, I believe Earth will survive. I don't know that we will until we start moving out of our heads and moving more into our hearts and accessing the wisdom and the compassion from that place. Yeah, we had the heart math guys on uh, a, yes. while, a while ago. And I mean, it is fascinating how you can actually measure that now. You know, you can measure the coherency of your, of your, heart, mm-hmm. of your heart and how it changes depending on your state of mind. Absolutely. Yeah. And healing depends, our healing depends on really how heart-centered we are. Because when we can love ourselves and, and, and consider that we're all, this is a sacred place. Earth is a sacred being. We're sacred beings. Our lives are very sacred. When we hold that consciousness, we operate in a completely different way. And when we do that, we allow a lot of healing to happen because a lot of stress comes off of the body. I know talking about this makes a lot of sense to, to a lot of people, especially if they've been practicing some sort of spiritual tradition, but for, let's talk about for guys and stuff, even guys that are having a hard time listening to their heart. Like, can you give us some advice on uh, practically how to do that? Because it sounds well, it sounds I, easy, but really, like to try and get out of your head and get into your heart, like how do you, how does that happen? It, it it you know it it isn't easy. None of this work is easy. It's actually very simple work. But I will tell you that there has to be a desire and a willingness to do that. If you have deep enough desire and enough willingness to do that. What you need to do that comes your way. When I was going through my healing and my recovery, 
I didn't have any money at the time to go see a therapist or a spiritual therapist or a therapist, period. I didn't have health insurance. So um, I was kind of stuck out there realizing, listening to my body, understanding that the protocol that the medical model insisted upon was not right for me. And I got that by listening to my body and tuning in to the feelings that came forth when I talked about doing chemotherapy and doing all the medical things that, that they insist that we do. It, it, none of it felt right for me at a very deep, deep level. It's why I chose to step away from that model. I listened to that guidance, to that intuition. And, you know, on that journey, I was willing. I had a deep desire. Now, usually it takes something pretty critical in our lives yeah. to bring us to our knees before we're really willing and desire enough of that connection to do it. Once we do, as what happened for me, once I did that, once I realized I had a deep desire to really, for the first time in my life, heal my life, not only my body, but my emotional and spiritual life, which was a a complete wreck, then everything I needed began to show up in my life. I didn't have to go out and search for anything. And even though I didn't have the money at the time, those resources came to me later on and provided me with a way to move forward. And it was because I made a very deep commitment to connect deeply to my spirit, to listen to my intuition, and to heal emotionally, spiritually, and physically. And that was really the roadmap I followed. So how how long of a, a road was that? Like from from when you decided at that point that decision at that point like it was still was it still a quite a long battle, right? I mean, how was it an up and down kind of thing? Like you you still had the desire and the willingness to to follow your heart, but was it was it uh, still a lengthy you know hard road? It w- it was a lengthy road. I wouldn't call it hard and I would never call it a battle. And that's one thing I really learned. What I've learned over these years of all the healing that I've been through is that we live in a lot of resistance in our lives. We're always resisting what is. If you think about your life and you go through your day, just think about how many times during the day you're resisting what is. You want it to be different. You want it to be a certain way. And it's not. And that is out of our control. And yet the more we exhibit the need to control it and dominate it and, and, you know, make it our way, the more we push up against it, the more it resists. Hmm. The truth in that simple statement, what you resist persists. When I had the cancer, I realized that the model that we're given is we have to fight it and battle with it and, and kill it with chemo and cut it out and do all those things that are totally unnatural to the body, completely unnatural. We're not here to fight against anything. We're here to be with whatever it is, to be in acceptance to the best of our ability. That brings peace, and that peace allows for healing to be present. When you're stressed out, when you're fighting and battling something, just think about it. 
that, that whatever it, it is that you're fighting against is pushing back. It's a war you've created. Yeah. And war never brings peace. And war does not bring healing. So it's energetically impossible to heal in that kind of energy. Because it's at odds. It's like the energy of love and fear. They do not resonate at the same vibrant, vibrant frequency. There's the same frequency. They can't, eat, they can't vibrate there together. They vibrate at different frequencies. Well, fighting something, you're putting your energy at a certain level of vibration. That is opposite of healing. Yeah, I, I understand that how acceptance is really is powerful. It, it, but but I wasn't even thinking of it on a deep level like you're talking about. But I can see how it's related now to that resistance, right? Acceptance is the what do they say? Acceptance Resistant. is the key to my my happiness. Or they say yeah. resistance is futile. Yeah, yeah, but it's it's true. Yeah. So so there's a lot of people like I. My dad had cancer. Uh, and the problem with his is it took a couple of years to figure out what it was. Like they thought it was like irritable bowel and they didn't know. And I've got other um, loved ones with that type of problem where it's like, um, you know, stomach or digestive problems and they're chronic, chronic issues. And I mean, my dad, you know, he, he had a little bout of healing there, but he inevitably, he, uh, he passed away. And I, it was, uh, you know, it's, it's hard when the battle, when you don't know what it is, I think. Right. So there's a lot of people right now that, that I know that have chronic issues and I'm sure you're seeing it a lot too. So. Oh, most definitely. Most definitely. But you know, it, it is less important to know exactly what it is and more important to know how you want to attend it. How, if you're having these chronic problems, whether they're digestive issues or irritable bowel or even cancer is a chronic problem. It's an issue. It's a symptom. I, I don't call cancer a disease in and of itself. Like we, wanna, we want to put a label on everything. Yeah. Cancer, irritable bowel, um, you know, diabetes, obesity, they're all symptoms. Symptoms of something much deeper within the person that is calling out to be healed. When we heal what is really at the bottom of all that, what is really lying at the bottom of all that, and that's what I went excavating for in my life. What was at the bottom of why my body was so out of balance and my immune system so weakened that cancer was prevalent? That's what I asked myself. What is at the bottom of this? There's got to be more than this. If there's a physical symptom, it, it started somewhere. It didn't start in the body. I call the body the final messenger. It's the only way the body seems to be able to get our attention is when it exhibits pain and symptoms of illness and disease. Then it finally has our attention. But we've been getting red flags for a very long time and not paying attention to those red flags. So getting to the bottom of it is to begin to ask yourself, where am I out of balance in my life? Where am I truly unhappy and dissatisfied? When we can be honest with ourselves and just sit with that information without judging ourselves or judging what's going on, but just simply be with that information, breathe into that information, 
we began to open the space for healing to happen because it's what it's calling out for is our attention. Does so, that make sense? Yeah, yeah, totally. But it's, I, you know, people that seem willing and they seem very, they, they desire healing. They want, they don't want to be in that, that chronic state yet. I think you're right. It's acceptance. It's some sort of resistance that uh, even just the little day-to-day things, right? So even if they want the overall healing, if you're resisting all the little day-to-day things, I don't think the space is there to heal. I I agree with you. Well, and if you really want healing, if that's truly what you desire, then you have to be willing to do whatever it takes to heal. And most people look for the quick fix. They're looking not to spend the time going inside and finding out what's really at the bottom of it. Their, you know, their reasonings are that they're too busy, as we talked about, that they've got to work. I mean, we can, we can bring up a million considerations why we can't do it, but the truth is, if we're not worth that, if we're not worth taking that time, prioritizing that time, committing to that time, committing to that healing, if we're not worth that, then how can we ever expect to get well? I think, uh, and, I, and I know for myself, I was a very busy person when this happened to me. But yet, when I committed to it, it was like the, the time showed up. I had the time for it. The space was available because it became a priority. And whatever we prioritize we have time for. Yeah, I think a, another big problem is just like knowledge or even people even giving it the thought. I mean, for, for right off the bat, I think you're probably looking at 50% of the people that, that, that haven't even considered that that's an option. And then right. the other 45%, like if you go in and tell that to your doctor or whatever, they're just going to look at you weird. And, and you know what I mean? It's like, I think, I mean nobody wants to be sick it's it's almost like if if people could if you could have that be on the five o'clock news or whatever right saying you know do this and then this will happen or you know this is another way to heal yourself and i think maybe you can see some of that coming through yeah i think some of that is and it's why i'm doing the work i'm doing and why you know i wrote my story and why i go and speak and i do workshops and i do private coaching and we do our radio show we're doing our best to put our best foot forward to get that information out there and not and you know not everybody is going to like what i'm saying not everybody's going to believe it and that's okay it's going to be those that are ready to receive this information. They're really ready to step into their lives and actually own their own lives. Most people don't have ownership of their life. They've given that power away a long time ago. And women in particular give that power away because we are the nurturers and we are the people pleasers and we are the you know, multitaskers. We do all of that, and in the process, we leave ourselves behind. And, and, you know, breast cancer is very prevalent on the planet, and to me, it makes perfect sense because the breasts are all around nurturing. We breastfeed our babies. That is nurturing and loving and giving them the milk of life. 
but we're not giving that nurturing to ourselves. And so that lack of nurturing shows up as an energy block in that area. And when that energy is not present, those areas, when they don't have proper energy and attention, they weaken. And I'm I'm not surprised that we have a lot of breast cancer. There is a lack of nurturing going on on the planet for ourselves and each other. And when we can come back into a loving presence, a compassionate presence, a forgiving presence, and start nurturing ourselves and get ourselves healthy and whole and then take that nurturing out, it'll change people's lives. And not everyone will survive no matter what they do. Because the truth is their path, which we don't know what our path is exactly. I didn't know if I was going to survive. I just knew that if I was going to live another day, I wanted to live differently than I'd been living because I was so miserable. Mm -hmm. That I knew. But I didn't know if I was going to survive. My path could have been I could have healed emotionally and spiritually and still dropped my body and moved on. So, you know, it isn't about if I'm going to live or die. The point I'm trying to get across to people is we look at this and we say, oh, my God, you know, this is life and death. It is. It is life and death. But it's also the quality of your life. If you're living here miserable and in pain every day emotionally and spiritually and physically, that that in itself is a kind of a death. Yeah. And people are walking around dead inside. But but I think uh, like what Darren was saying earlier and what you were talking about, I think the problem is, is the bigger challenge is the negative um, belief patterns that are sort of unconscious or subconscious. I don't know how you, right. how you would describe that, but it's the stuff that you're not really aware of. Like, how do you get to the deeper root of, of like, why am I reacting in this negative way to all these things instead of just... Uh, letting it go or not paying attention to it because obviously perception is a lot right whatever you pay attention to so how do you how do you get to those deeper yeah, subconscious indoctrination ones? in there too yeah deep deep well, like yeah from when you're kids and yeah how i did it was i sat with a pen and a pad and huh. i began asking i began breathing into my body i began breathing into my heart and i asked dear god show me help me to know what negative beliefs are driving me to make the choices and decisions I've been making up to this point in my life that have made me so unhappy and made me so out of balance that my body is sick now. And I just started writing. I I did a lot of automatic writing. I didn't censor what came up. Hmm. I just sat with it. You have to be willing to ask those deeper questions. And then you have to get still and listen. And sometimes it didn't even come through the writing. I would ask those questions and nothing really came. (laughs) So I just surrendered and said, okay, nothing's coming through right now. And I would get on with my day. And then a book would show up. And there was in that book some answers that I'd been asking questions about. Or someone would say something to me and it triggered a a thought and it triggered, you know, it, it uncovered something for me. Or even in a song, 
we get the answers when we sincerely ask. They may not come in the form we are thinking, but if we can let go of that to the best of our ability and just continue to ask, the answers come. I know they do because they came for me, and I was a mess when I started all this. Huh. So have you, have, you, uh, have you delved into the past life stuff for this at all? Like, does it come up at all in the, in the healing or the, like, the deep-rooted issues? Like, do you find that people have these issues throughout lifetimes? Um, oh, definitely. I've had some past life regressions. Um, I've healed some issues in past lives, going through some past life regression. You know, when we leave this earth, we leave the body. But we go on, we the spirit of who we are, and uh, and the personality goes with us. If you talk to anybody like John Edwards or anybody that has the ability to communicate on the other side, they will tell you, you know, they'll, they'll introduce a lot of times those people by the personality quirks that that person has. You take, you take it with you because when we transition and step into that next dimension, we continue our learning, our growing, our healing. That never stops. It's, you know, we're constantly evolving. It's an eternal process. So what we don't heal in a particular lifetime, we get an opportunity, I feel, in the next dimension to do some healing. And if we decide not to do it for whatever reason, because we we do get to decide, um, we bring it back when we come back into the body. And we may not have any remembrance of it, but those issues begin to show up. And we just carry them through until we heal them. I've heard that before, kind of like the idea that we've already sort of pre-planned our life before we even pop into it. And then when we get here, we just can't remember. What do you think about um, Reiki and Reikists and and, um, like other people having control, being able to use their consciousness or their energy to, to affect other people? I, I think if they're a very good healer, if they're a Reiki master, and they have the pure intention, absolutely. You know, if you need help that way, then by all means, go for that help. Just, you know, ask and feel into it and see how it feels for you. Uh, you know, I've had, my husband is an amazing healer, and he does a lot of healing work with his clients. And he, this ability showed up for him after he moved through non-Hodgkin's lymphoma at the age of 22 and was given a death sentence. Wow. And he stepped off the path of modern medicine right then and had no idea what he was going to do. He thought he was going to go home and die. And that's not what happened. He began to have some interesting things that showed up in his life and feelings that started to come through and he began to heal. And as a result, he began to engage in some healing abilities that he never knew he had before that. And he nurtured those abilities. It's like a muscle. He began to use that muscle and um, he uses it today in our, in our, in our counseling, we do emotional and spiritual and, and healing counseling for people. And to transmit healing energy, it isn't him doing the healing. It's spirit through him. He's just a vessel for it. And there are a lot of people that have that ability to be a vessel for healing energy. Hmm. 
There's a, a when we we're talking about intentional shifts or, or talking about the shift itself, I was thinking about here in, in just in Calgary, uh, the Reiki community. I took some Reiki classes a couple of years ago and and there's always there's always a lot of classes going on. Like really literally like hundreds and hundreds of people learning it. So there must be, you know, some sort of change happening when there's that many people continuing to to learn this. Well, I believe we all have the ability to heal and be healed. Uh, you know, that is innate in us. We are, after all, a spark of God consciousness that is present within us. It is really what we choose to do in our lives. It is really, you know, our choice. You know, our power, really, our true power is in our ability to sense in, connect, and choose. That's where our real power lies. So... Speaking of uh, 14 years of, of doing your show and seeing all these, you know, talking to all these people and uh, obviously teaching people as well. Have you, have you seen a, a change? Like it's, everything's moving so fast now, the technology, the, the internet, okay. the communication. Have you seen a bit of a change in the last 14 years? Like a, a change in the way people are or the, the frequency of their illness or the type of illnesses? I've seen a tremendous change. Just the fact that we're having this conversation, um, you know, it's part of the reason I sat on my book for so long was because I didn't feel like people were ready to hear a lot of what I had experienced and was willing and wanting to communicate. And, and we get this with our, a lot of our authors and experts that we talk to. They, they notice changes all the time. People are waking up. Consciousness is shifting. Now, there is a prevailing consciousness out there in the media, which has a strong hold, and multinational corporations. All of that still has a strong hold. But I I really feel in my heart that there is this groundswell coming up and moving through. And it's it's just growing uh, every day. And... We're moving up in consciousness. Everything is evolving, whether people are aware of it or not. The planet is evolving. We're all evolving. But we can speed up our own evolvement by being actively involved in our lives in the way in which I'm speaking. You can really speed up that level of consciousness, your vibration, by actively engaging it. Or you can just go on with your life and do what you do and allow that that to take place which it will organically but i don't know that we have time on the planet to sit around and wait anymore mm-hmm. because we've created so much destruction and you know and continue to you know be destructive to a large degree and it is really making a you know it's really making a dent in things on the planet right now we know this with global warming we know this uh you know with the level of we have supposedly the best health care in the world and we have some of the sickest people on the planet and it isn't that people are getting healthier there's a lot more illness and obesity and diabetes and cancers all the time if we don't take a step back and say, what's wrong with this picture and what can we do to create a different energy, a different consciousness, a different story that we can all live by 
then we may not survive it. What do you think about diet? Uh, how that maybe played a role? Like, did you switch your diet up at all in that in oh, that year? I did, and and diet plays a huge role in. It's like your car. The kind of gas and oil and how often you change the oil and how well you take care of your car, it runs forever. The body needs the proper environment. I call it when you give the body the environment that it needs, it thrives. And that means you give your body as clean a diet as possible. But you also give your emotional and spiritual bodies what they need as well. When those are all operating together in balance and harmony, you're healthy, you're vibrant, you carry a certain energy and people are drawn to you and they don't even know why. Mm. But it's because you're carrying that spark of life. There's a passion there, there's, an, there's a life there, there's light in the eyes, all of that is connected. You can't you know, a lot of people say, well, I changed up my diet and I, my body felt better, but I'm still having problems in my life and now I'm having some aches and pains again. Well, the body's always going to signal that you're still out of balance somewhere. Hmm. Yeah, that's a tough one, keeping all that in balance. What do you think yeah. about uh, people taking ayahuasca or psilocybin or different substances like that, MDMA, uh, and these psychedelics and some of these things and healing? You know, I I really can't judge that. I really can't say, you know, people have a right to choose what they want to choose in their life. I just hope that people that are doing drugs understand that, you know, there aren't any real clean drugs, that there are side effects with everything when you're doing drugs. I mean, medicinal drugs, like pharmaceutical drugs, there's a lot of side effects. With drugs, there are side effects. The body doesn't, I don't feel, I wouldn't do that myself. I don't need that. I don't feel my body would want that because it's not clean. It's not natural to the body. So I wouldn't do that, but I give, I give people a lot of birth, you know, room there to make their own decision. Yeah. Some say there is a difference between the natural ones like ayahuasca and, and, and psilocybin mushrooms and stuff like that compared to like acid or shit made in a lab. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. I, nothing yeah. processed is good for you. Whether it be, <laughs> I mean, a pill I know a lot a of native or... Indians have done, you know, things like that. Peyote, and, yeah. yeah, of course. And they're fine because they are built that way. That's part of their culture. I don't know that it's necessarily part of ours, but like I said, if a person feels that's necessary or they want to do that, that's, up to them and I, I can't judge them for that huh so how was it what was it like or do you, do you ever think back to the point when you had to sort of tell the doctors or or the the western medical medical community or whatever that you that, that you weren't interested in their services like how did how did you and your husband go through that was it was it difficult was it what did you because i'm sure a lot of people you know, a lot of people, like I have this thing, if I, if I get cancer, I always think to myself, like, okay, I'm going to try and find, you know, this alternate healing or whatever, but it, it would be a challenge. It'd be a challenge to have, find that balance between, you know, utilizing the, the technology of the, the medical community and also being open-minded to other ways. Well, yes, it was, I was terrified. I was terrified talking to my oncologist because I knew, I knew what he was going to say. 
I knew he was going to look at me as if I was crazy. But I also know that I needed to face that fear because I felt so strongly that what was being offered to me was not the answer. That if I said yes to it because I was afraid to stand in my own truth, that I wouldn't probably be around to talk about it down the road. And so that was very motivational for me to gather my courage and to understand that this was my truth. I don't expect anybody else to agree with it. I didn't expect him to. I didn't expect my family to. My husband at the time, who is not my current husband, luckily he understood and he really supported me, but he was the only one. Friends and family and the doctors all thought that I was crazy and I was making a huge mistake. And I understood their, I understood their feelings because they were afraid. I get it. I was afraid too. But I was more afraid of not being true to myself and making that mistake again in my life than I was facing my doctor. Mm. Can you tell us a little bit more about that, that journey after that? Like you're well, like, what, just, let's say he, when you, what about when you first started experiencing some actual healing? Well, I knew that things were shifting for me when I was in meditation one day and I was, I decided to have a conversation with the cancer. So I went in and I just got really still and breathed deep in my body. And after a little while I was in, I felt deeply connected and I said, I want to talk to the cancer. I want to know what is it you want from me? What is it I need to learn about you? What are you here to teach me? And I heard just as clear in a voice that I'm talking to you, just as clear as a bell, it said back it wanted love. Huh. And that answer was so shocking to me that I literally <laughs> came out of my meditation and I was shaking. Yeah. I was really shaking and I was afraid. I thought, oh my God, love, if I love this cancer, it's going to just explode, you know, I, you know, because you think of when you love something, it grows like that. Yeah, and yeah. that was my first thought. And I was terrified. And it took me about three weeks and talking to my husband about it and him suggesting that maybe that wasn't the truth that, that my mind was making that up and to go back in and explore that took me about three weeks before I even meditated again. Hmm. And I finally got up my courage to go in and meditate and ask the cancer what it meant when it said it wanted love. That my, and I spoke to it just like I'm talking to you. I said, I'm afraid if I love you, you're going to grow and take me over and, it's, and you're going to kill me. And I heard again crystal clear. Love doesn't cause anything to grow. Love heals and transforms everything it touches. Wow. And that was a turning point for me. That was when I stopped fighting and struggling with the cancer and started sending as much love to myself in as many ways as I could think of and started nurturing myself in as many ways as I could think of. 
and really started that deeper exploration around my unconscious beliefs and my conscious beliefs and the negative patterns that were running my life. And I started just embracing and sitting with all of it and being grateful to all of it because of where I was then at that moment. It had taught me I wouldn't be where I was and I wouldn't be where I am today without all of that occurring in my life. And I realized, oh my God, I'm making it all wrong when every step of the way is what's been right about me to teach me what I've needed to learn. And there in that moment was a lot of grace. Wow. Yeah, that's a great story of the turning point. Where, where yeah. So love ties into like acceptance and, uh, and, you know, sort of what, what, what else would you say? Like, what are some, yeah, for, forgiveness. Yeah. Forgiveness of the self, Compassion. forgiveness of all others, forgiveness of all the guilt and shame that you're carrying. None of it, none of it is necessary. We use those those as weapons against ourselves and each other. Yeah. That's the negative side of the ego. To control, to manipulate, to keep, to keep control of, we use these very negative things to make us feel less than, to believe there's lack of any kind, to keep us under wraps, to keep us under control, to keep us afraid, to keep us feeling weak, to keep us ashamed, all of those things, it, none of it's wrong. It just is. And it's what we're experiencing. And instead of just being with our experiences and going, oh, wow, I get it. I'm, wow, this is teaching me X. We go the opposite direction and shut down and deny and push away or project it on others and then carry a lot of shame and guilt and anger and judgment and all of that. All of that are weapons that we use against ourselves and each other. And we wonder why we create wars because we're at war with ourselves. And you can't heal when you're at war with yourself. Hmm. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, totally. It does. It's, it's, yeah, it's, it's hard to believe in a way, but it makes sense. It's a sense. level of insanity. Yeah. It's really a level of insanity that we have put our belief into. And as a culture, we've picked up on it and we've just carried it down for thousands of years. And it just seems like normal. And it's not normal. It's actually opposite of who we really are. We are not living our natural state of being. We're living completely out of balance. Yeah, see, and so everything else is out of balance. I get all I get all conspiratorial when 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 you start talking about that because I start thinking about how it's not us; it's the, you know, it's the institutions and the, the state and the, you know, the the you know the world elite or whatever that have basically been, you know. But it of, really is us. It yeah. starts with us, yeah, yeah, and like, we go into agreement with it. Remember, just because you're not actively participating in something. If you're not standing in your truth about it in a loving way, not to make wrong, not to make someone feel guilty or ashamed, but just simply being in your truth with it and then taking action based on your truth, then you're complicit. 
And if you're complicit, then you are participating. You're giving energy to what you say you don't want. Mm. Yeah. And attention. Yeah. yeah. Yes. That's why they killed John Lennon. <laughs> All you need is love. <laughs> I mean, the, really, it is about us individually and collectively. And, you know, if we're not willing to stand for what we, what we feel is our truth, and it doesn't have to be anybody else's, but to stand in the face of all that with our heart open, then it, it's transformational. And it allows for other people to transform as well in response to you. So if someone's at home listening right now and they're... Um... And they've got, you know, say cancer or something else ailing them. What, what's the, what, what's the first thing they should, they should do or the first, you know, what can they do start right after this show? Gosh, I hate to give people advice as to what they should do. You know, the, what, the only way I can answer that is for them to just get quiet. Just be quiet. Try their best to shut their mind off and just be still and place their consciousness in their heart and just be there for just a moment. Just give that love to themselves. Just let it all go. Just be willing to drop it even if it's for just a second. Just let it go. Stop fighting and struggling. Stop for just a moment. And the more they give that to themselves, the more that becomes a new pattern for them. Yeah. Just that yeah. stopping and giving themselves love and just dropping all their judgments of themselves and all their guilt and all their shame. Just put it in a closet and close the door yeah. just for a moment. That's literally rewiring the programming, right? Yes. Yeah. That's really what we're doing is we're rewiring. Mm. We're rewiring. And stop, you know, stop the the fear of, you know, letting the fear control and the fear dominate. Take the fear, thank it for its message. You got it. You got it. Thank you for what you are trying to tell me. I get it. And put it in the closet with all the other things for just a moment and close the door. And just be in their heart. Call in God, spirit, whatever it is, to be, come be with you, to show you the way, to open the path, to show you your next step. And mm. then just wait for what comes your way. And if you would just practice that one thing every day, things would begin to change and shift. One simple thing, holding that intention of healing and loving the self. No more than that, just healing and loving the self. That's good advice, simple and practical. Absolutely. And it's, it's, and it's easy to do. If you just do it, just be willing to do it. Mm. Just be willing to do it for just a moment every day. And if you can do it for two moments and then three moments and build on that. And if you are someone who wants to get a journal out and start writing things that come up, 
around that, then by all means, do that. Write what you're feeling. Write out how you're feeling. Write out your fear. Write out your anger. Write out your blame. Write out your shame and judgment. Write it out. Get it out. Get it out and just be with it. That's funny. My very mom, easy to get it out. Yeah, my mom just told me tonight to I should be I should write. Uh, about, I was having this challenge I was talking about, and she was like, "You should write write it out in a journal." Because she's been doing this yes. art the artist way, where she forces herself to write. Like yes. three pages a day Yeah. when she does it and like three pages, it seems like a lot, like it would be a lot for me, but you just let it flow. Like you were talking about with your automatic writing kind of like, it's like that, yes. just letting it flow. Doesn't matter what you're putting on the paper. Just let it out. Very yes. healing. Yeah. Did you yeah. try it yet? No, I haven't tried it. <laughs> but no. see that right there is, is, is a good example of, you know, I know, you know, in your heart, Graham, I know, you know, that that would be really a good first step for you. And, and this is normal, and yet there's a lot of resistance around it. And that's what I'm talking about. Look at that resistance. Yeah. Be with it. Yeah. No, I looked Be at my journal. It. I looked at my journal under my table the other day, actually on Sunday. No, yeah, Sunday, I think. And I thought about writing in it. And yeah, but you're right. There's definitely resistance there, for sure. Yeah. And that's okay. Don't judge yourself or criticize yourself or go, oh, my God, I should be doing this. No, 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 no. No, none of that. Just be with the resistance. Just breathe into it. Be with, with it and allow it to dissipate. When you give that attention and you're just with it without any judgment or criticism or shoulds or have-tos, that automatically begins to transform. And what you'll notice, the more you're with that resistance in just a loving place of just being with it, accepting it, it's what is, guess what? That energy of resistance begins to dissipate and transform into a different energy. Mm. And all of a sudden, you'll find yourself walking over at some point and picking up that, that journal and writing. But you aren't going to do it until you're ready and until you let go and you be with your resistance to it and not be in judgment of it. Yeah. Yeah, no, that makes sense. What about just doodling? Does that count? <laughs> Darren's got a journal full of scribbly doodles. I think doodling is really a cool thing. Uh, you know, you know, there might be meaning in those doodles for you. They might be symbolic if you explored it. You know, we are, we are adventurers. You know, we, we're supposed to, this life is supposed to be an adventure and a mystery. And we're alchemists. We are capable of transforming. We are ca capable of transforming the light and the dark. We are alchemists. We've just forgotten that. I agree a hundred percent. What are you guys, what are you guys up to, uh, in your, your conscious, well, you've got your conscious talk radio and then the intentional shift. What's your plans in the next, in the near future? Well, you know, I'm staying present every day as much as possible. And I have, you know, I have some absolute intentions that I've put out there. Um, you know, that I meditate on, but you know, I, I put those intentions out there and I put the feeling tone to what it is I want. It's important when you're putting out what you want that you actually feel what that feels like. What does that bring to you? What, what kind of 
feeling are you getting from what you want? Does it bring you joy and passion and stirs your soul or inspires you or whatever? I meditate with that, and then I surrender it over. I give it over to God, and I say, this or something greater according to thy will, and I let it go, and then I just get on with my day. Nice. That reminds me of uh, Mikdaswami, our little mantra here in Great America, do, be, do, be, do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's really be, do, be, do, yeah. be, do. Exactly. The being comes first. Exactly. We have it backward. <laughs> oh, that's funny. So is there yeah. anything else you want to say before we uh, start wrapping this up? Um, I just want everyone to know they can uh, join me on my Facebook page off Intentional Shift. They can go to intentionalshift.com, and if they space down in the page a little ways on the right, um, they can hit our Facebook page and join us on Facebook. I just put up an interview that was uh, done by a gentleman named Daniel Christofferson, and he interviewed me, and the first half of that interview is up on um, his YouTube channel, which I put up on our Facebook page. They can also go to ConsciousTalk.net, which is our radio show. We stream live all over the world. We broadcast live out of Seattle five days a week, and we also have a Facebook page, and the F icon for Facebook is on each of our pages. Easy to get there. And, uh, you know, we do blogs to join us and, uh, you know, love to hear from people, love to know what they're up to. And if there's any way that we can help them or serve them, we're here. That sounds great. Wow. So what's it like uh, talking on on the radio for five days a week? That must be challenging. Oh, I, mean, I love it. Yeah, you're very well-spoken and articulate, so I can, I can see that you've I, practiced I love it. a lot. This is a passion that we have. And, you know, you asked us what our future plans are. Rob and I both, you know, have agreed that when we no longer feel called to do this, which means we'll lose our passion and inspiration for it, is when we will surrender it. And we don't know when that is, but we are still going after 14 years and still feeling the inspiration and the passion. And so as long as we feel that, we'll be here with our radio show and when and if that moves on, then we'll move to our next step, whatever that is. That sounds great. Congratulations on the 14 years for sure. Thank you. Yeah, Thank I, hope, you. I hope you go for a few more longer. 14 more. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know about that, but we'll see. You know, if that's the service that we're being called to do, we're going to do it. Yeah, right on. That's kind of, I don't know, that's kind of why we like to do this too. We like talking about all these things in an open, open environment. Yes. Yeah. Well, I love these conversations, and, you know, this is the kind of energy and the words that I want to put out to people because, you know, it is possible to have a life that's full and alive and thriving no matter what's going on around you is so very, very possible. But we have to show up in our lives and be committed to being present to that before we can have it. Yeah. It's really really that simple and really that challenging right on well thanks a lot brenda thank you both i really appreciate what you guys are doing out there in the world too and thank you so much for having me it's You're been welcome. a pleasure okay take care you bet Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye.
And we're back. That was our chat with Brenda Michaels. What do you think, buddy? I wonder how many people there are just like, what? What What do you mean, why? Because I brought us back in. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, I think that was a great show. I think it was great. I had a, a fantastic chat. I, I just loved learning about how to get from, get rid of those old negative patterns. Like, I really think that's important. There you have and it. And to get from your head to your heart and all that, you know, unquantifiable stuff, especially for us ma males. But it, I think to create that space for meditation, it's very healing. It's hard, though. It takes years sometimes, but, you know. I'm still working up to meditating. Yeah. What are we at? Two and a half years since the show started, I've been working up to meditating. And now I quit smoking, so I don't even have my mini meditations. Well, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Well, just, just take five minutes uh, and create that space. Quiet space. Five minutes a day. With my vape? No, just just nothing. With nothing. With <laughs> nothing. Just you and space. And do what? <laughs> nothing. That's the whole point. Just be just be quiet. Just stillness. Close my eyes? Sure. Yeah. If that'll help. Nap? No. Just Should just, I pretend like I'm trying no. to nap? No. Just be mindful. Of nothing? Yeah. <laughs> just be mindful. And when you get your thoughts, just let them go like clouds in the sky. Clouds in the sky. Breathe in. Yeah, yeah. It's just that. five minutes out. a day. Don't judge. Sit with it. That could be a t-shirt. Yeah. Well, that's good stuff. Well, we'll see what happens. Maybe this is the week. Anyways, I hope you guys enjoyed the chat with Brenda. Uh, check out grimeamerica.ca slash support and check out all the different options there to help keep us ad sponsor affiliate and bullshit free um, as usual spam gram uh, let's see if we can't overfill his inbox graham at grimeamerica.com uh, review the show where you can uh, the most popular place is itunes grimeamerica.ca slash itunes will get you over there and as always Tell your friends about this show. Thanks for listening. See you guys next week. <laughs>